0: Welcome to CruxCast. Whether you're in your car, at work or at home, we hope you enjoy this interview. And if you do, you can find more like it on cruxinvestor.com, so please subscribe.
1: Hi, Trent Mell, President and CEO of First Cobalt, a Canadian-based battery materials company with a refinery in Canada, as well as a uh, development play Copper Cobalt in the state of Idaho in the USA.
0: Trent, good to have you back. We saw you, I think, mid to end of uh, June. Um, Why have we got you back on so soon? Well, exciting news today. Tell us all about it.
1: Yeah, the hardest part of my job, I think, is always raising the money. And so, having a project in hand with engineering studies and uh, you know government support, uh, the, the next leg was to raise you know the bulk of the, the sixty million U.S. that we needed. So we've got you know more or less uh, you know, fifteen locked up. We do have fifteen locked up. So today we're announcing the conclusion of a financing for the other forty five million U.S. dollars. That will uh, see us complete construction of our refinery.
0: Fantastic. So, um, just break down the construction because I noticed, um, you know, you had to end up going down the convertible route for part of it. Why was that?
1: Yeah, you know, we, 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 we in March announced that we were pursuing secured debt uh, with a big international bank. And uh, um, if you've done those in, in your careers, you probably have. You know, they're, they're painful, right? And they lock everything down. And look, it's a it's a tough process. And and sixty million or three billion doesn't matter. It's kind of the same checkbox a uh, check marks for, for, for a big bank so you know as the cobalt market started to um, improve in its outlook and price and and our prospects started to pick up the convertible market uh, which is not typically a market that a free cash flow company would be able to tap uh, it did open up to us and so the split for our financing is 37 and a half million this is all USD uh, in convertible uh, convertible debt and then seven and a half in equity we've also got an option uh, in favor of the of the convertible Debt holders for an additional $7.5 million uh, to be exercised over the next 60 days should they want it. So, in aggregate, you're looking at 45 base case with an upside scenario of $52.5 million US.
0: Got it. Okay. But, but just on that, because usually people go for a kind of, you know, sort of clean debt equity split, whatever ratio, 50 50, 60 40, whatever, 70 30, if they're lucky. Um, the convert, when you say the market opened up to you, because typically, you know, that's seen as. Um, It's a sign that the debt was not moving as quickly as you wanted it to, and it is fit for purpose for now. And at some point later, you'll refinance it out. I mean, is that was that what happened? Is that in the thinking?
1: I think yeah, I think you're bang on. I think the debt wasn't moving as quickly. This is actually cheaper capital. Um, The the debt that we were looking at, it had a slightly higher coupon and it had warrant coverage as well, so more dilutive over the long term. And so you know, six point nine five. If I was a tech company you'd probably scoff that but um, you know in our industry pre- cash flow companies if you go the private equity route for instance they're trying to solve for a 15 percent return on return on on, on capital invested um, in our case you know sub seven is is a fabulous outcome and andy I got to tell you when we were looking at how do we price this what are the peers what are the comps it's 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 darn hard to find one that that is not already cash flowing so i think we pulled up something that's quite interesting and you're absolutely right we can we can refinance this as we uh, de-risk the story and re-rate our re stock. It's actually
0: interesting. I think the fact, the fact that it's single-digit for a convert is is good news indeed. indeed. It suggests they have some faith in what you're doing. But are there any kind of securitization components to this? Uh, any? Yes. There are. Okay. Well, give us that.
1: Yeah, and that, and that is that is what is different. Uh, yeah, converts typically don't have security. In this case, we've got so we've got security over the refinery, over the term of the convert, and then we've got security as well over our Iron Creek development project. Until such time as we commission the plant, uh, and then that will be released thereafter. So well, yeah, it's a component, You got to you got to execute. Now we're you know we're not building a mine, right? We're recommissioning a refinery, and so for me, the execution path right through to commissioning and and production is uh, certainly the risk profile is a lot lower than it would be if you were developing a a, a greenfield mining project.
0: Okay, but the key thing is you pl- you wanted to be doing this around. You want to be get this thing financed around now to kind of make sure the market. Saw that you're actually delivering what you said you were going to. Um, so, whatever the shape of that today, I guess it looks slightly different maybe in the next uh, 12, 18 months. Um, market moving, wow, the market's been a bit horrible for the last uh, six, eight weeks for commodities generally. You've moved sideways. So, yeah. people, are yeah. you getting positive
1: feedback about your plans? It's been good. I think just, just getting it off the ground. So, you look at, you know, we're projecting sort of 35 million in EBITDA. Uh, this would entail, you know, coupon payments of about 2.5, 2.6 per annum. So still leaves you a good margin. And then you're, of course, you're carrying the bullet payment to the end, which hopefully through a re-rate, uh, you're either refinancing or, or you're, you're, you're paying it off with equity. So um, it just gives us a lot of wiggle room as a company to get through the ramp up and the commissioning stage and the qualification of our product with, uh, with OEMs and battery makers and, and gives us that extra margin as well to execute on a broader vision. Which will include battery recycling, not 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 in, the, not in the not distant future, I would say. What I'm
0: what I'm intrigued by, and I know what you're using this money for, but um, you've got a few components, you know, a few variables here, right? We, you know, battery recycling is, is is coming into the mix. I think it's getting very, very hot and frothy in the marketplace. though. so yeah. are you are you finding people wanting to have more of a conversation about that side of the business, or? Because let's face it, you're going into DLC, you're buying cobalt and then you're refining it over over in the States and you'll get into some, I don't know, OEM discussions, et cetera, et cetera. But it's of a certain scale, right? So where's the value being attributed?
1: I think, uh, yeah, it's on both sides. I mean, you're you're right, recycling changes the conversation. But at inception, it was this notion that, okay, 80% of cobalt, refined cobalt for, for EVs is coming out of China. Um, we're seeing it today, right? With container rates up at five, tenfold where they were six, eight months ago, a year ago. Um, containers at five thousand uh, dollars a piece instead of five hundred. So that just underscores the supply chain risk. So it's not just critical minerals and, and, and uh, geopolitics. There's some real supply chain concerns that have to be addressed here. So when you look at, okay, if I don't buy from China, where do I go? Well, it's the Coca-Cola facility in Finland, and they're full up. Right? And, and North America has got nothing. And so the dialogue around. North American supply is interesting. We're a little early, right? Because the supply chain is only now just starting to be built out with the, um, the the assembly plants first, and now we're working our way up the supply chain. Uh, but once we started to bring the recycling into the mix, I would say it took on a new sense of urgency. That the level of discourse um, got all the more interesting because now you've got a whole other group within the OEMs that's trying to figure out what do we do with end-of-life batteries. And 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 that it, it, I think it underscores, it, Matt, is just that we're not. We're not just a cobalt company, right? It's a hydrometallurgical refinery, it's polymetallic, it was in the past, it will be in the future. And I think it kind of drives home that there's more that we can do beyond this initial business case to contribute to the battery material space.
0: Okay, so that interests me. So right now we're, we're funding, uh, I guess, silo number one, which is all about the cobalt, first cobalt. We're talking about other types of products and revenue streams for you coming down the line. So, what what, what does that what does that mean? What should what should we be um, listening into? Are we going to get a name change? Are you going to be looking for some kind of re-rate because you're going to define yourself as a critical minerals company or industrial minerals company? What the future look like?
1: Yeah, future is we are going to evolve here as a as a company as a corporate entity. So. And we needed to walk before we could run, right? So I needed to get this financing done to demonstrate that we've got our path here to, to cash flow and the next year from the cobalt plant, uh, cobalt processing, I shouldn't call it a cobalt plant. Um, but but thereafter, you know, and, and we've been we've been pretty public about this, we're looking at, at black mass recycling. So that's the the crushed cathode material you get once you've collected and disassemble the batteries, mostly consumer electronics. Um, the met, met testing work that we've done though thus far is. Pretty straightforward and, and, and using our flow sheet as we know it today we can recover cobalt nickel copper lithium lithium in a carbonate form uh, graphite maybe manganese so you start to see the whole suite of products there and so our you know, our, our second fi- silo if you want to call it that second phase of our of our evolution would be to layer in on top of 5,000 tons of cobalt sulfate produced per year maybe you're producing a thousand tons of, of recycled batteries um, but the, the idea here is nobody's doing it in North America at scale we've got the plant it's built permitted, you get into that. And then there's a phase three, which is a sort of a game changer that brings you into a broader ecosystem.
0: Okay. So North American focus, obviously, that's that's where you're based. What sorts of conversations are you having today, you know, given silo one and the potentials of silo two?
1: Yeah. So as I alluded to, the North American market, it's behind Europe and clearly behind Asia. And so as, a, as an early mover or first mover, we've got, you know, some, some OEMs that have a, a, a broader a longer-term view of things and, and see the value. Others are more focused on the uh, on, on the immediate term. And so, you know, we've got the challenge in terms of concluding the contract is we're not yet producing, right? We're giving them indicative material specs, um, but it's not yet coming out of our plan. And so, to kind of break the logjam here of all these mo all these discussions we're having, you might you might see us come out with an MOU or two, just to show the market that you know we're discussing with this counterparty, and it'll just help us focus our attention because right now we've got a dozen conversation going on while we're building the project um, so, so it'll, it'll come but I think the focus of those initial mous could be one or either of the recycling and the, and the cobalt sulfate we've got a european-based a Vice President, that's leading those commercial talks, to so, so speak. So that, that's probably the next big catalyst to come out over the course of this year.
0: Right. So it's early, early six, So it is where you want to be. You want to be known for. But it, it, it's it's early days. So right now, yeah. take care of business, get revenue flowing. So let's talk about that. What's what's the time? Now you've got this money. How quickly can you move? When do you get into revenue?
1: Yeah. And that, to your point earlier, that that's why we needed to get going here. The the next step and on a critical path is to order the solvent extraction equipment um, as a it's kind of a package deal. So you'll see that coming soon. We know where we're going, big name, and uh, we'll we'll have that. Uh, we'll be able to sign that contract as soon as we close this financing on September one, um, and then it's critical path. So so it's uh, you know it's pouring the concrete before winter because nobody likes to pour concrete in the middle of a, a Canadian winter, um, and then it's just the equipment ordering and, and and installation. So we built up a pretty good owner's team more than I more than I anticipated. We went down this path at eight or nine months ago, where Mark Traviusil, who ran the the Glencore well, was Falconbridge Smelter back then in Sudbury. Great processing experience, and we built a fabulous team of people with you know 15 to 25 years experience, eight or nine of them. And so you'll see a an increasing role by FCC personnel with the Senco as our as our key partner BPCM, um, and and just kind of work on our way towards a first production in Q4 of next year. Uh, and and I would say in terms of selling the product, you know the OEM or battery optic is where you want to get to. No shortage of traders that'll that'll buy the product for us. So selling it is we have the Stratton that we announced previously is kind of a backstop. We've got others that would take it from us, but I think what shareholders really want to see is that integrated supply chain where we're actually tied to a brand or two, probably two. Uh, that would kind dictate our, our path here for the
0: next decade. Okay, I'd forgotten you were using Senko. That's the, that's good news indeed. Um, have you actually put guidance out with regards to what the revenue forecast will be? Because you know, like I say, I referred earlier, it's of a scale. You know, it could yeah. be bigger, at, and it, you know, if it was bigger, you'd probably you know see that reflected in your in your share price. So it's of a certain scale, which is fine. Yeah. But you you know, you've got other options further down the line. But today. Yeah. What do those numbers look like and what will they look like?
1: yeah, yeah. so you know fifty ton a day uh, throughput producing five thousand tons of cobalt in a sulfate product per annum, which is twenty five thousand tons roughly of, of cobalt sulfate product. Uh, and there is like this is not hard to scale. I would, would say even within our plant or five thousand ton nominal there, there's opportunities to to grow that further. we'll'll we'll probably save that for another day and then you add the recycling recycling comes over top of that and and so in our current plant which operated from ninety six to twenty fifteen, We've got a bunch of equipment there that's undersized for what we're going to be doing. Uh, We think we can take probably 25% of of the equipment there now and repurpose it uh, for initial recycling. And recycling, you know, out of the gate, just to get ourselves started, it's going to be really work on the leach characteristics. Uh, And and then you're producing a saleable product that may not be battery materials. And then as we grow into that, then you do the back end investment in the final product and produce your nickel sulfate and battery grade materials that would go right back into our our supply chain, and so yeah, year one we're we're guiding at 35 million US of, uh, of EBITDA. Um, if we can find some synergies within the plant, that could grow further. Add recycling, that gets a little further from that. Um, you know, we got plans for nickel further down the line, but um, you know, you look at where we are today, we're you know we're about four or five times EBITDA on, on a forward basis. So uh, I think there's a lot of opportunity to re-rate and hopefully the financing today is the first step down that path of creating some value. Right, but
0: where's the point where you get to kind of free cash flow or enough cash to actually make deliver that scale to deliver some of the other other revenue streams. To, you know business because I,
1: yeah' we'll, we'll have more on the recycling um, end of september i, I don't I don't i don't envision a heavy lift on the capex front uh for for the recycling but i'll i'd rather hold my hold my comment on that i guess until i've got sort of the final studies in front of us but we've got a A leading engineering firm that's, that's done a lot of this work that, that's, that's working with us. And if you think about it, right, we're using the same lab, the same power lines and infrastructure and and water pipeline. Um, And so we're layering in incremental feed. If we're running 50 tons a day of cobalt hydroxide through our plant to put in even five tons, right, through the front end on the leach basis um, is, uh, is not a big lift. What it is really is just looking at the different solvent extraction flows that you're going to need to, uh, to add in the back end, some of which some of the pieces we have in place so that you could recover your Nickel, your Copper and and the the Lithium we're working hard at right now, but it it all seems very doable. Um, I think it's a question, frankly, for us of being the first mover, right? The first mover doing the recycling on a scale basis so that as that market grows and it's still pretty small in North America, um, you know, we're already established. And we've got a proven flow sheet, and we can just keep growing with the uh, the growing recycling market.
0: Okay, look, I guess you can't tell me any numbers yet. I'd be, please come on when you have kind of nailed those down a little bit more. Because I I'm, in tr- I'm intrigued by this because the the kind of technical expertise, the team that you put together, some of the partners that you put together, yeah. you know, obviously tick, tick the boxes. But just trying to understand what the m- the margins are in terms of because obviously you're you're not mining this, you're not mining. I'm got mining risk, but you are buying it in the open market, pro- tr- transporting it, processing it. It'd be great yep. to, when you can give the market some guidance as to, as to what your finances look like going forward. Are you going to have to raise any other money going forward in, in terms of pure GA over and above this capex?
1: Pure GNA, not certainly not for the next 12 months. We're, we're in good shape. I mean, I think if we were to do anything, probably well, the easiest way is just to put an ATM in place, right? And at the market instrument so you can tap the market as you need it. But I don't see any need for any significant lift, but you raise a million or two a quarter. In a strong in a strong cycle. That's probably the responsible way to do it in my opinion. On the uh, recycling, probably a little early. But but likewise, I think I'd like to treat this as, you know, we've got the money to go out and build. Let's go out and build. We do need, you know, full disclosure, we do need to build a uh, build out a working capital facility, right? Um, we gotta buy, as you mentioned, mention, we gotta buy the hydroxide from the third yeah. party and we've got to carry that inventory for ninety days. So uh working hard now on the next leg, which is you know kind of a. Circa 50 million dollar working capital facility, but coming along well, and and with the the strength of this financing, the coupon we're getting there, I expect some pretty good results on that on that facility as well in terms of cost cost to maintain it.
0: Okay, okay. Again, I guess you'll let us know when, when you know. Um, to, some of the questions sent in have been all around. Oh, you know, which EV companies have been crawling over you? You know, are you in conversation? Yeah. What do they need to know? It's the it's the usual story, but you're a bit early stage for them so what sorts of conversations can you have
1: yeah i mean it's all obviously all under nda and and it's um you know i guess the best i could say they'd be western right they'd be north american european they'd be established they'd be upstarts um you know we we're not we're not biased with would be battery companies um, michael Insulin, who comes out of erg was an analyst at cru um you know he's traveled the world marketing cobalt in the past and and he's got a, a great rolodex so any given day, he's, you know, he's got a, a handful of meetings. Um, gosh, if I was to it there's probably 25 conversations that are going right at, at different paces and where they land, we'll see um, some more, some more eager and some faster moving. So um, I, I think I know where we're going to land on at least one of them, but, but yeah, probably early to speculate on how quickly it'll happen. I, I'd do it tomorrow. Um, some of these companies take a little longer to you know, kind of document things and it's a question of whether we can do. In my estimation, do an MOU, right? As I say, stop, stop, the, stop all these conversations and focus our efforts, or at least, you know, dedicate half our supply over here. It'll really allow us to be more, uh, take a more of a rightful approach to how we're doing things. So that's that's my preference. Get an MOU, tell the market who it is we're going to be partnering up for a big part of our supply, um, and that'll I think allow us to advance things faster than maintaining dozens of conversations.
0: I mean, things have changed in the space of. Just, just, where are we? When, when did we start moving? December, you started. Things started really yeah. moving for you. Um, yeah. It it, means it. It's you're now moving at quite a pace compared compared to where you were. So people aren't having that conversation of, well, is this is this plant ever going to get going? Or can you can you? Well, you've answered the finance question here. In terms of the business model. Did your financiers was there any concern there about any aspect of what you are doing? Were they were they kind of questioning whether this made sense?
1: Yeah, I think the uh, what's the pushback? Most of the counterparties we spoke to, yeah, the pushback might have been, and I would point them to this. I said, look, if there's any risk you're worried about, is can we produce a commercial grade product, right? Can we produce something that's going to be saleable that's going to be battery grade? You know, refurbishing a brownfield project, there is some uncertainties, right? You assume so many pumps work and some don't, and but in a capex of sixty million. I mean, what's the plus minus? You go up 5 10 percent. You're not going you'll, you'll figure that out, right? It's not like a, a mega project overrun. Um, the issue is, can first cobalt produce a quality product? And uh, you know, we've demonstrated some of that with uh, with SGS and our in our lab work. We can demonstrate track record with the team that we have um, and the interest and uh, in the products we produced to date. But until it's actually coming out of the back end, I think that's a legitimate question that we're going to have to get our way through. And I don't have a I don't have a magic answer for you here today. Um, I will say it's easier than a lithium product to produce a a cobalt sulfate to spec. The qualification periods are shorter. To keep in mind with the cobalt sulfate, you're actually blending it at the precursor level with manganese and with nickel. And so while every battery maker has a cobalt sulfate spec that they'll show you, and here are all the deleterious elements and the minimum thresholds, there's actually a fair bit of flexibility uh, depending on what they're blending it with or blend your sulfate with another sulfate. So there's, there's lots we can do. And so, you know, illustratively, the Contract we have with Stratton, our backstop contract, to sell all of our sulfate. If we don't meet spec on day one, we probably won't because we'll need a, a ramp up period. Not a problem. We'll, we'll be selling it likely to another refiner for, for upgrades, purification, and it'll be blended into another stream.
0: Are you sort of urging your team is, is some level of caution? Because in terms of how you project those numbers out, when, when, you're, when you're doing a restart, doing a brownfield, things don't always quite go according to plan. That ramp up period, some, you expect three months, it may be six months. And yeah, the market yeah. will see that as a negative. And sometimes you stumble and fall and recover, and sometimes you don't. So, how do you how do you manage that process? Well, I know you're yeah, aware I, of it.
1: I, I'm aware of it, and I, I struggle with that, right? Because as a junior, particularly when you're in the capital raising phase, you want to put on a brave face and and talk the macro and talk about how you fit within that story. But we all come out of bigger companies. We all know. We've all seen it. I've had some wonderful success stories, and I've had a couple of horror stories, which I'd rather not talk about here. But that's where you learn, right? And, and if you're humble, uh, you know you, you recognize that. And so, yeah, we're we're you know we're going to be a little bit muted. We were talking about an October restart. Now I'm talking about a Q4 restart. I gotta I gotta build in that cushion. Financing was taking longer, and and so you know um, I, I, I'll massage the message, but I'll try to be earnest and, and truthful throughout. Um, and if things do start to you know to look, drag a little bit, you'll you'll let the market know. But I think the the important thing here is you know you look at the credentials of the team. Look at the milestones. We've done a, I think we've done a pretty good job of checking off the milestones as, as advertised. This financing I thought I'd have done by the end of June. We would have done. Uh, so we're lagging. So we're two months late and we'll do the mea culpa there. But we got it done. We got it done at a, at a great coupon. So hopefully the shareholders will forgive us. Um, yeah, you know, we did the equity slice on top of that overnight. Obviously, it comes at a discount to market, no warrant coverage, which is great. So we got to trade through that and see if we can get a bit of a re-rate. So yeah, you gotta you gotta balance, you know, and, and conversely, and I'll go back to the the rah-rah, the cheerleader side, um, I, I think we've got a great future. I, I, think, I think this facility and the permits and this plant could put us down the path of something bigger. And I would point to Heriavalta in Finland, where in the same park, in the same industrial park, you've got cobalt sulphate, you've got battery recycling, now you've got nickel sulphate. And guess what? The precursor plant set up right there as well, because you can bring everything under one roof and pipeline it over and not have to salt it and, and bag it and chip it. And so that's the, the grand design five years out. Where are we? First cobalt is no longer called first cobalt. We're producing cobalt and nickel sulfate. And we've got a precursor partner right there on site with us. And we are taking those initial steps to walk down that path. I'm not calling that out in the hilltops yet because we got a bit of work to do. Namely, where's our nickel coming from? Canada's got a lot of it. Sulfides, so we've got to do some 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 thinking around what that could look like.
0: Okay, well, I'm trying. Like I know this was a a a quick, well, meant to be a quick call, just to say you got the financing done. uh, Very different um, heady days compared to you know you know December, the you know Q4 last year. Um, Numbers, contracts. um, What else we want to see? Offtake agreements, recycle more on the recycling, a bit more detail when you have it, please.